Doctor Who Pod Shop. Okay, well, let's do it now. I you know, whatever it is, if it's valuable, send it to us. <laughs> For the best in all things Doctor Who, it's Doctor Who Podshock, the podcast all about Doctor Who, the longest-running science fiction television program with Louis Trapani. Hello. Ken Deep. Hello. James Norton. Hello. News. Fabulous. Reviews. Oh, no. And fan mail for James. Uh, 40,000. Doctor Who Podshock from the Gallifreyan Embassy and Outpost Gallifrey. You know, that guy James was really cool. Oh, yeah. What blew that? <laughs> I'm the Doctor, and who are you? Who are you? Climbing aboard the Titanic for an adventure of a lifetime. Oh, scared. Right, yes. London, at Christmas, it's not safe, is it? Why? Well, it's them up above. Christmas before last, we had that big bloody spaceship, everyone standing on the roof. And then last year, we had that Christmas star electrocuting all over the place, draining the Thames. This place is amazing. Yeah, this year, God knows what. So everybody's scarpered, gone to the country. Kylie Minogue, the ultimate pop princess, has swapped sell-out tours for silver service. It's been an absolute blast, and I really had trouble wiping the smile off my face. As big a legend as Doctor Who itself is, if not bigger. Suppose as soon as he's on his own, there must be part of him that subconsciously or consciously looking out for uh, his next travelling companion. And Astrid ticks all the boxes. Astrid Pith. Nice to meet you, Astrid. Merry Christmas. She's spunky, she's up for an adventure, she's quick-witted, and she's quite easy on the eye, which seems to be important to the Doctor. I, I, I don't know why it would be. Just Doctor, not Sir. You dreamt of another sky. New sun, new air, new life. The whole universe teeming with life. Composer Murray Gold is working his magic with the music. Music's hugely important to our version of Doctor Who because we want to make it as big and as rich and as powerful as it possibly can be. Partly because I think that's a very good approach to storytelling. I've done that on other dramas I've worked. I've worked with Murray on lots of dramas. So the song's called Stowaway, but it's written from the captain's point of view. We've got a kind of Celtic sound. Smiled and said, come here, let's dance. He said, for I will steal, I'll find a way to be with my lover upon Christmas Day. Run and I'll roam, I'll cover the ground. This Christmas I'll see you, I'll be around. Murray Gold and Ben Forster, who have been supplying our music since Doctor Who came back, were on set and nobody told me. And it was it was about five o'clock on their first day before I looked around and went, hey, that bloke with a dodgy moustache in the band, it looks vaguely familiar. And then I realised it was Murray Gold in some form of disguise. It's nice now that we've become one of those shows that is looked forward to at Christmas. You know, I hope that in years to come, um, that the children now will go up and remember their Christmases and remember Doctor Who. At the end, he's, he's left alone again. That's one of my favourite images, is the lonely Doctor. Of course it's Doctor Who. He's got to be the lonely traveller. He's got to be cruelly robbed of a bit of happiness, hasn't he? Outpost Gallifrey presents Doctor Who, Pachak, Episode 105, Voyage of the Dam, and happy holidays to all our listeners uh, joining us. 
for this um, special podcast reviewing uh, the Christmas special, the 2007 Christmas special, Voyage of the Dam. Joining me is Mr. Ken Deep. Hello, Ken. Hello. Hello. Have you on board? Happy holidays. <laughs> yes, I've brought my life preserver. You're going to need it. <laughs> literally on board. And um, I'm going across the great pond where that life preserver comes in handy is Mr. James Norton. Hello, everybody. Good to have you back on with us, James. We missed you, and um, welcome aboard. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Well, um, some of our um, long-time uh, contributors that have um, joined us today is uh, Mr. Taras Nutrition. Hello, Taras. Happy holidays, all. Happy have holidays. Hey, Taras. And um, from the Great White North, um, Mike, I, Mr. Mike um, Duran. Oh, we lost Mike. Oh no, Maple Leaf Mike. Mike is um, lost his audio. But when he comes, man overboard. <laughs> man, man overboard. <laughs> Throw him a life preserver. Indeed. Come in handy, Ken. Throw yours overboard. <laughs> yes, I'll, you can use mine. Yeah, hopefully he'll be back later on. Yeah. Uh, we want to know what he's got to say. Come on. Also, uh, waiting in the rings is, um, is Dave, Dave Cooper, and um, Michael from the Pink World Podcast. Everyone else that's um, on board listening live, welcome to our live show. This is um, our last show of 2007. Absolutely back. Yeah, but by the time it gets out, it'll be mid-2008. Probably. <laughs> Uh, it's out right now. What are you talking about? This is a live podcast. It's outside it's live, of Tasty. Can you bang your yeah. head against a... Um... Okay, all right. <laughs> it's Don't live, any... man, live! Don't give me any of your bulkhead. <laughs> Stop clouding the issue with facts. Yes. You can't get out any faster than live unless we time travel and we get this out last week. That would be impressive. Well, long live vaporware, <laughs> fellas. I am uh, I am at work, so I would really, uh, if you wouldn't mind, like to give my review first, first at the plate sure. tonight. Uh, only because after I I uh, I give my review, I'm going to have to bow out um, for reasons of staying employed. <laughs> showing his, his uh, dedication to Doctor Who by risking his job. Here. Yes, shock. <laughs> For those of you in the Cleveland area, I will be doing the uh, the calls from the Pound television show. So that's what I have to go do is Cleveland Browns football. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm going to give you the floor or give you the the poop deck as it is. Yeah, please. I'll take the I'll take the helm. Helm <laughs> of uh, the poop deck. Yes. Um, it seems I'm always on the poop deck. <laughs> I I really enjoyed uh, Voyage of the Damned. I um, if 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 there's people, I think if fans have a, a criticism of the episode, people who are longtime Doctor Who fans, it's probably that there isn't a lot that we haven't seen before. That being said, though, it was the flavors were familiar, but they were enra- arranged in such a way that the meal was very tasty. And I really enjoyed the episode. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, yes, there were similarities to things like the Poseidon Adventure, and uh, there were nods to everything from 
42 and hitchhikers to teleports and uh, information coming out of the robots and a Blake 7 nod. A very, very Chris Boucher-esque episode. Um, robots of Death represented Sunmakers, Enlightenment. But overall, just fun. Just great fun. Uh, exactly what you'd expect from a Christmas episode. I thought Kylie Minogue was fantastic. Uh, really just uh, stole the show in her portrayal of Astrid. Uh, she was... She was interesting and heroic without being over the top, and you you quickly cared for the character. Um, and it's a shame that we may not see her again because she was, uh, you know. And I, one thing I really liked was that they set her up as being a companion, and then she left. So sometimes people agree to travel with the doctor, but don't go. And I think that's, I think the the throwing the audience for a loop. Is um, is admirable. I really uh, that's the kind of stuff that I like. That's the kind of stuff that makes Doctor Who a great show. Is that not everybody travels, not everybody stays, not everybody leaves. It's like you can not every companion has to be the entire season. They can leave after a few episodes. Some will come back, and uh, all these things are represented in the story. Uh, I thought that the idea of doing the Titanic in space. Uh, when we first heard that the Titanic was going to be involved in the Christmas story, it's like, well, okay, they've never tackled the Titanic before. There's always been, uh, you know, little hints that the Doctor was involved with the Titanic at some point. But this removed that altogether. So they get they got a chance to do the Titanic story um, without touching the history. And I know that one of the... There was only one uh, living survivor... Uh, of the Titanic mm. now that that the, the second there were two and and one passed away this year and there's only one left and that person was a little I don't want to say the word offended because I don't think you could be offended at this story but that person was like well you know they're, they're trying to make something light on Christmas Eve on Christmas Day and I don't think the Titanic is something that should be taken lightly and I after watching this I I couldn't see what someone would be offended at it. it well, clearly, I don't think they they realised that it was going to be to be set in space because that was kind of like one of the the, the big revelations, at least to the general public, because there were the occasional teaser here and there that's kind of spoiled it. But you know, well, until you, I saw the trailer a week before, I didn't realise that they were going to be in space. Exactly. So, I mean, I think that she was just disheartened that it was going to be the actual year Titanic. Um, rather than the the one as it was here, set in space, kind of just mirroring the the historical event, um, you know, but completely unrelated, really. I don't think that you could uh, really draw a parallel apart from the, the fact that you know it was going to going to crash, but didn't. So I don't know. I, I can see you know why someone would take offence, but the thing is, is that it was completely lighthearted, and you know, it well, was because. If anybody was gonna, if anybody was gonna take offense, they could have taken offense at Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio making out in the Titanic. Very, so very you know true. what I mean? Um, yeah. Why pick on Doctor Who? Is my my question to the world? Yes. Yeah. You know. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, wasn't they, this in the Sun? Wasn't I mean probably this probably was the paper trying to stir up some trouble. I mean, obviously the person couldn't have seen this uh, Christmas special yet to really criticize it. So I think it's, it's at um, ninety-five years old, they may have difficulty seeing. Period. <laughs> very true. Very true. And uh, you know, it 
also coming from the sun, a reporter sticks uh, a microphone in your face and says, are you offended at, the, at Doctor Who doing Titanic? And you say, yes. In other words, the phrase, we, we don't know the phrasing of the question. The person didn't call up the sun and say, you know what? Somebody's got to do something about this Doctor Who people. They're trying to do the Titanic. <laughs> what happens is a reporter fishing for a story calls up and says, aren't you offended that they're doing, that Doctor Who is doing the Titanic on Christmas Day and on such a wonderful, yeah. loving occasion? They're going to, they're going to, blah, 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 you know. When I first Basically, it was completely taken out of context, essentially. I guess. When I first saw uh, the first pictures of uh, Voyage of the Damned, and so there were Christmas trees aboard the Titanic, I knew right off the bat that it wasn't going to be the, the, the right Titanic, because the Titanic sailed in April. So yeah. I was wondering how they're going to fit Christmas into all this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm, I'm digressing, I'm going off, because this is just the kind of stupidity that we have to deal with sometimes when you have a hit show. And, and, and that leads me back to the fact that the ratings were spectacular. And, yes. uh, and we knew Doctor Who was back, but now this is, these are things that over the last couple of years, there is momentum building. And David Tennant's portrayal of the Doctor, and let's face it, the girl's absolutely adoring him. Um, these are all things that are that are contributing to Doctor Who being a huge success at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, as a Doctor Who fan, I'm I'm very proud because we're back and things are going great, and um, we really can't ask for for much more. And that's pretty much. I, I, there's a few things I really enjoyed. I, I love the line David Tennant had about you can't even sink the Titanic. I thought that was a wonderful line, and. Uh, uh, the, the 42 reference and a few other things, a few other bits in there. Lots of fun. Um, it was very emotional. I liked the, the, the fact that some characters made sacrifices and things, and it moved you. The, the, the story moved you. And sometimes you were sad, sometimes you were laughing, sometimes you were happy. It's exactly what a Christmas special should be. And, uh, you know, it shouldn't be a weighty, dramatic episode on Christmas. It's meant to be family viewing. And it pulled it off perfectly. During the season, uh, it is, during the season there are places to do uh, a number of different uh, ideas, but dramatically uh, uh, old enemies coming back, things like that. I would like to see in a future Christmas special, a familiar adversary come back. I think that's something that we may see next year. Um, have a, the ability to maybe to have the Daleks on Christmas and or or, or the Cybermen or anybody. Uh, something familiar, something marketable on Christmas. That could be interesting. I wonder what they could pull off with that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that being said, I will wish everybody a so, new year. Before you go, how many Tardis drones would you attribute to Voyage of the Damned? You know, the story isn't perfect. It's not perfect. There are there are things about it that, you know, like I said, a few few ideas a few ideas in the story are retreads. So I will give it four out of five Tardis Groans. I think the story is enormous fun. It works for everything a Christmas special is supposed to do. But is it perfect? No. Uh, it, you know, in a in a context of what we have seen in the regular seasons. It's not a five Tardis grown kind of story in my book, but 
when I sat down and watched it and my wife sat down on the couch with me and we were watching it together, uh, she had a tear in her eye in certain parts and she was laughing and she enjoyed it and she's not a Doctor Who fan. And that's what a Christmas special is supposed to do. You're supposed to sit and enjoy the story. So in that, from that respect, it works and that's why I give it four out of five. Cool. Thanks ever so much, Ken. Have no problem. I'm looking year. forward to uh, to downloading the episode and hearing everybody's uh, everybody's take on the story. Cool. All right, so, everyone. So are you All signing off? And Lewis, I will. Uh, I'll give you a call tomorrow, being that you're off, and we'll catch up. All mustard. Okay. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Cheers. Bye bye. Bye, Ken. Ross, what was your take on? We'll, well, before I I get to that, I just want before I forget. Uh, I think. The uh, the ratings were fantastic, and I think Kylie Minogue's presence probably added two and a half to three million people to the ratings. So that mm-hmm. that's probably people that wouldn't have watched Doctor Who otherwise. So that's exposing the program to some new viewers, I guess. And this is the highest ratings that we've seen since Dimensions of Time, which had like thirteen point six or thirteen point eight. So that that's a lot of people viewing the pro- program, and this is for a full 70-plus minute episode as opposed to a little special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, The episode was a lot of fun, like, like Ken had suggested, and uh, of course, uh, loads of references to everything from like Passenger 57 to Blake 7, and it was a lot of fun. There was a lot of good humorous bits. I liked... Uh, the earthonomics of uh, the Mr. Copper character. It was very funny uh, <laughs> seeing how somebody can misinterpret uh, the various uh, aspects of Christmas. The plot was kind of weak, but we kind of expect that from a Russell T. Davies script, and the character moments were very good. There was a little bit too much in one scene of self-sacrifice instead of having that spread out throughout to a few more scenes to uh, kind of increase the tension, but it kind of like got that out of the way, which is kind of both good and bad. And it was unfortunate that we had probably the worst of the... uh, the people in the group that was uh, being rescued by the doctor survive while all these people who were very selfless just uh, gave up their lives to have the rest of the group survive. Well, that, that's so that was I, kind I, of uh, interesting that they did that yeah. on a Christmas special. Well, that's why I enjoyed that line at the end, um, you know, uh, that you can't, one can't control who lives or dies. If you could, that would make you a monster. A monster, yes. That was a very interesting line, yes. And it kind of maybe he's even pointing back to himself as the writer because the writer is the one who chooses who lives and dies. Hmm. And I didn't really think of it that way, but yeah. So overall, you did enjoy it, and um, how would you rate I know you don't like to give ratings, but... Um, well, it was good Christmas fun. It's you can't expect a uh, totally serious story set in Christmas, especially since 
back with the Feast of Stephen, they set the tone that the uh, the Christmas episode is going to be lighthearted, so you really can't expect it to be too serious. But mm-hmm. uh, this, this was a lot of fun. It's like There were parallels to even uh, the end of the world, where you had basically out in space above Earth uh, a strange-looking character trying to do either stock manipulation or insurance fraud or whatever. So, like we, like Ken had mentioned, we've seen these themes before, but it was good Christmas fun. Mm-hmm. 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 All right. Well, thank you so much, Russ. I think um, so. We had um, two East Coast U.S. opinions here. We're going to jump across the Great Pond to um, to Mr. Ken. I mean, I'm sorry, Mr. No- Mr. Norton, Mr. James Norton. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bit of an identity crisis. So uh, <laughs> close. Yeah. Um, well, just really echoing what everybody else has said. I mean, I thought that it was a fantastic episode. Um, of course, we co- we can plot really, but like you say, it was just a, a bit of harmless fun, really, um, and just something to kind of give us uh, a sort of. Um, Doctor Who uh, intake in between the series. I, I really do like the Christmas specials. But it has to be said that I think that this has been the best of all the Christmas specials so far. Mm-hmm. Although, you know, there's very similar themes been repeated, bits borrowed from other uh, sci-fi shows and even bits borrowed from other Doctor Who episodes and things. Um, it, it really was... It had all the great elements of a good Doctor Who story. Um, a fantastic companion. I don't think anybody can can say that that Kylie was anything other than brilliant. I mean, she was just completely fantastic and really fit very nicely into the role. And I really do hope that, I mean, obviously she's intensely busy and is, you know, an international superstar and is, you know, it was great that they could get her on board just for the Christmas special. But it would also be a lot of fun if they could have her on the show in the future Maybe not even, you know, as the same character, as, as a different character or a villain or something. That would be great because, I mean, we heard in, in the beginning, thanks very much to, to Dave AC, Dave Cooper, for producing that little bit of uh, those clips from the confidentials and so on um, of, of Kylie. And, you know, they said that she was, you know, on the sellout tour. She'd switched that to, to come on Beyond Doctor Who. Um, so I would really like to see her again in the future because... She's a major Doctor Who fan, and she was saying, even in the clips, that she couldn't stop smiling. Um, I mean, there's, there's been clips online with her, with Doctor Who books in her hands and things while she's been on tour, and she, everybody knows, or we've mentioned it on Podshop before, that she uh, uh, incorporated the Cybermen even into one of her, her acts a few years ago. Um, so, yeah, it would be awesome to see her in the future. Um, what else did I want to say about There's just so many great things about this episode, but I, I obviously don't want to, to try and repeat too much what Ken and Taras have said, but um, I, I love the design of the Titanic. When I first saw it, I thought, that, ooh, that, that's just brilliant. And as a kid, seeing that, you just, you know, I would have to probably scream for joy and, and wonder whether or not they're going to create a, a playset of the, the Titanic with these huge big spaceship engines coming off of it. I thought it was almost kind of comical but really cool at the same time. And also, it was, quite it was kind of reminiscent of uh, some of these Japanese anime type things like the spaceship yes. motto type. 
Yeah. 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 I know exactly what you mean, and and it was it was just great fun. I thought it was a, re- a really clever way to do things. Is to to have it so that it was recognisably the Titanic, not do anything sort of weird to it, or um, so that you know you wouldn't you you could you can look at it and know exactly what it is, and also know that it's a spaceship. And really, I thought that was quite clever, whilst also being you know um, really just good fun for the kids. Um, I also really liked how they incorporated um, such great lighting on the interior of, of the, the ship and, and really decked it out like it was for the Titanic from, you know, the early 20th century because that, that just injected a whole element of class in there. And also echoed really sort of... Um, I mean, if you've ever seen the film Titanic or read anything about the Titanic itself, you'll know that there was this whole difference in class between the upper-class people who had a really fantastic... Um, swanky section of the ship, whereas there were also other people who had, you know, really shoddy accommodation, the second class and third class passengers, reflecting sort of the the, the society of the time, really. Um, and that was kind of echoed with um, the, uh, their names escaped me, they're like Van Hoon or something like that, the, 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 two, the couple. Van Hoffs. Van Hoffs, thank you. Thank you, Taris. Who sadly, you know, met their demise and also the doctor's willingness to 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 show that sh- that they were his sort of people you know he wasn't into this sort of posh um really toffy kind of guys who were really just there to because they could afford it weren't there to have fun just there to get everybody else down and i thought that was really quite fun and, and a good laugh that, that, that they even reflected that in, in the series as well um, obviously incredibly sad with so many people dying and you can't really have a Doctor Who story, particularly not on this scale, without having loads of people dying. I mean, it's just part of Doctor Who and why it, it, it's so scary to, to everybody, really, to kids and adults alike, is that you know that when something like this happens that there's going to be death all over the place. And just to show that even who you think is going to be uh, a main companion is, is axed off as well, uh, later on in, in the show, it does make it a bit obviously sad. And but what I did really like was the fact that they they spared Mr. Cooper and allowed him to live his life um, on Earth anew and and learn really what true Earthnomics are all about, rather than this nonsense that he's learned at this sort of Mickey Mouse university. Um, so there were loads of great elements there. I've just kind of picked up on some extra ones that I appreciated, aside from what Ken and Taris have mentioned. Um, I'm really looking forward to series four. The kind of teaser at the end was just fantastic, even though it was only on for sort of 30 seconds or a minute or something. I'm really, really looking forward to series four. And also looking forward to Catherine Tate. I know that a lot of people, even my girlfriend, absolutely tested her in uh, The Runaway Bride. But I think there's just so much scope for her. And I think that we can see her really grow as a character. I don't think that she'll always be this annoying, brash, you know, Londoner. I think that she'll really change and grow as a, as a person. Plus, we'll get Martha and Captain Jack back on the scene, and even Billy Piper was revealed not so long ago. So I'm really excited about that. So overall, I would have to give this four out of five TARDIS grounds, just because, as Ken said, the story wasn't fantastic, but it had all the elements there. You just kind of had to take it for what it is, uh, a bit of Christmas fun. And, um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe that the 70 minutes or whatever it was was over when it was. I, I was aching for more. 
but I, I nevertheless really enjoyed it and some clever themes there. So I'll pass it on to somebody else to uh, to give their take. Thanks a lot. Thank you, James. I kind of have muted myself out and not realize it. <laughs> <laughs> These things happen, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm having a little te- technical snafus throughout this whole time um, recording today. So um, hopefully... Yeah, this we'll... podcast appears to be the voyage of the day. Yes, I was just going to say, hopefully we don't mirror the episode too much. So, um, yeah, I have to say that um, that um, I did enjoy this story. Um, did I love it? No. Did I hate it? No. Um, it prob- I do agree that it's probably the best of the three Christmas specials so far. Um, now, with that, that having said, I think the story for me on a personal level failed um, on uh, the aspect of expectations. I just had... Um, some slightly different expectations for this story. And I think this story would have worked better for me personally, if it was in the middle of the usual series, it's just that after um, a long time without, you know, however months it has been without any doctor who, I was just expecting something um, new and different. It's and a bit more. Yeah. And what I got was, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but I, I enjoyed it the first time I saw it when it was called the Poseidon adventure. <laughs> That's really, <laughs> I couldn't get that out of, you know, and I have to say that, um, you know, because of that, you know, I, I thought it was too much of a derivative of the Poseidon adventure and, and robots of death. But, um, having said that, you know, there's been many stories in Doctor Who, um, like the classic stories of brain and Morbius and, um, where they've been inspired by other classic stories that 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 um, is sort of a retelling of the tale in a sense, and um, and I can accept that for this and, and and watching this the second time, which I just saw just right before this podcast, um, I enjoyed it more watching it the second time because I guess those ex- um, I knew what to expect already. So um, that initial disappointment, oh well, you know we've seen this before, we've seen that before. That was sort of um, bringing me down when I was watching it initially. Um, it, I, I did enjoy the nods. Again, obviously, a great nod to the Poseidon Adventure and Robots of Death. Uh, obviously, Ken had already mentioned the Blake 7, you know, the, little, the bracelets and information and those little nods there. Douglas Adams setting it on board the Titanic in space. and um, even uh, even Star Wars Revenge of the Sith, I predicted that was going to happen too. I just had this... Um, and, and, and it did, you know, where they had to, like, fly the ship, you know, and to the, you know, to the, to the planet almost, so. Mm. And the blatant Passenger 57 reference. Mm. Um, what, I, I mean, I did like the fact that there was, uh, well, this talk um, ahead of time that, you know, the name Astrid, it was an um, anagram of TARDIS, and there was the speculation that, her character was going to be somehow a specter of the TARDIS or be the TARDIS. And so I'm glad that never panned out. <laughs> and, um, but maybe, you know, they threw that in there just to confuse fans and did it on purpose. Cause you know, there was a lot of speculation with that, with, um, Mr. Saxon, whether it really would be the master and everything. And it turned out it was, so this is kind of a bit of a, a throw off, I guess, to to make sure that, that you know, although there are certain things that they do that are formulaic that they do repeat, but thankfully that wasn't one of them. Mm. Now I'm going to make a um, I'm, I'm going to probably <laughs> um, 
fly in the face. Give a bit of a lower review, is that what you're going to say? I'm going to disagree with both you and Ken as far as the Astrid character. I just, I mean, I didn't have a problem with her, and I didn't have a problem with that. I thought, you know, I just felt that she wasn't utilized much, and I I didn't really feel anything. She wasn't necessary in the story. Um, Any of the other characters could have almost taken her place. And uh, um, it's not a slap against Kylie or, or, or the... It's just that the character just didn't seem to flesh out to my satisfaction in in this story. It just seemed like it could have been anyone. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I know there's been very high regards that have been bestowed to her and her being in the show, in the show and all that, and which is fine. I, you know, I, I, I don't have a problem with her. I just I just felt that her character um, in this story was kind of two-dimensional in, in a sense. I mean, it, it didn't really flesh out to my satisfaction. And I didn't really, when she did give her life, I didn't feel anything personally myself. Uh, I also felt that the whole thing at the end with her turning into stardust and all that was unnecessary. They could just make keep it real and just have her as that she gave her life, you know, to save the others and just be, you know, just end with that, you know, and... Have, you know, instead of having her try to come back, and she couldn't come back, and then now she's living as energy and stars, and she's continuing her travel. All that was completely kind of unnecessary. So I, I think if this story, if if you are um, maybe young and never seen the Poseidon Adventure or the earliest um, Robots of Death, you probably love this story immensely. Um, you still could love this story immensely as well if you have seen it, and just you know. And, and keep in mind that this is probably just a homage um, to these um, past stories and take it for that and um, and run with that. Some interesting little tidbits is that uh, the doctor mentions that he's um, 903 years old, which is um, a, sort of a continuity error if you go back to the Sylvester McCoy story where I think he mentions he's 953. I, I guess we can forgive stuff like that. Um, no one has mentioned the new theme. The, the story opens up with a first difference we notice is that there's a new Murray Gold theme to the um, that opens up this story. Whether yes, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. Whether or not this is going to be the new theme, I'm assuming it is, uh, or this is going to be a one-off for the Christmas special, uh, is yet to be seen or to be heard rather. But I'm assuming this will be <laughs> the new theme. The production design for this whole story was excellent. I really. Yeah, that dressing was amazing. Yes. Mm, mm. Like I, I remember even noticing in the scene where the doctor materializes onto the Titanic in that little cupboard, there's even a can of Brasso on one of the uh, the surfaces, which you would expect with uh, uniforms with a lot of shiny buttons that mm-hmm. you would have something like that. So that, that was like a nice touch. Yeah, I think overall they did a great job, um, you know, executing the story, the storytelling, the production. Uh, I guess my only complaint would have been the slow motion effect, you know, when, um, you know, during the climax. I I thought that was a little unnecessary, but I can forgive that. Um, But otherwise, it's it was enjoyable. Like I said, the first time I saw it, I I came away a little disappointed. the second time I saw it, I guess because of those expectations, I you know I didn't have any more. I knew what to expect. I was able to enjoy it more for what it is, and 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 take it for what it is, and enjoy everything that it is. I, I enjoyed all the performances, all the guest stars, and um, 
the end credits rolled up so quickly, I couldn't, I couldn't even read them all. <laughs> it's just like well, that's uh, something you're gonna have to get used to because I think all yeah. BBC programs will have only those thirty second end credits. It's it's horrible. I mean, all these people that put all this time and effort into making this, and then it's it's. <laughs> You, you have to slow down time. You have to be a time lord to, in order to even um, to read it. And it it did um, close with a um, in memory of Verity Lambert, which I thought was um, yeah, that was really touching. Yeah. And um, and if you've seen the confidential for this story, you'll know that Murray Gold makes a appearance here. But I've yet to actually see him in in the episode itself. I don't know if he winded up on the cutting room floor or it's so quick or brief that you. You know, again, maybe you have to go into slow mode to actually see him. But he's uh, he's along the he's supposed to be along the singer playing um, uh, guitar. He's playing the guitar next to the uh, to the singer in the in the band uh, yeah. in, when they do this song Stowaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But in the actual when you you know, obviously it's clear watching the confidential that he's there. But when you actually watch the story, it's hard to spot him. At least I found him. So, um, I'm going to give it three and a half Stardust Tardis groans out of five. Originally, I was only going to give it three, but after seeing it the second time, I, I'm going to give it three and a half. I, I did enjoy it. Like I said, I think it's the best of the three Christmas specials so far. Um, it just, I had some initial disappointments with it because I really was expecting something more original, but, you know, there was no mm-hmm. annoying Emperor Spider creature or anything like that. So, um, I'm happy for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we have lots of callers coming in, and we do appreciate that. I do want to remind everyone that uh, you can call us, and the number to reach us at on these live shows is uh, 724-444-7444. Our talk cast ID number is 23358. So once again, that's 724-444-7444. So awfully a lot of fours. <laughs> And 23358 is our TalkCast ID number, and uh, we encourage you to uh, call in and be part of the show and let us hear what you think of um, the episode and, um, and, and or whatever else we're, you know, we're talking about here. And don't worry if you don't echo what we are already saying. We want to hear everyone's opinions, um, even if it's um, contrary to what we're saying. Mm-hmm. All right, so... Um, First one up, we have a familiar voice. It's uh, Dave in uh, the UK. Hello, Dave. You are unmuted. Hello. Hello, Hello Dave. Hello, Dave. Oh, echo. Okay. Oh no! But hopefully, Dave didn't go overboard. Did you walk the plane, Dave? The volume Oh, okay, Dave, Dave. Dave is actually talking, but we're not hearing him. We have that Manchester filter in place. We'll come back to you, Dave. We're, we're going to come back to you, Dave. Sorry about that. We have uh, Mike, who we lost earlier. He's back on board. Mike. Hey guys. Good Sorry, to have you for, Lost me for a while there, and uh, just been yeah. waiting for you. Good um, to have you back. Good to be back. Uh, I want to say uh, first, yeah, I I quite enjoyed it. I, I mean, I disagree with Lewis right off the bat and say, even though I think my final re- review is going to end up in the same place, 
I think this is an episode that could only have really worked on Christmas Day, as opposed to, I think, in the middle of the season, I might might not be so generous. Yeah, I, uh, I tend to agree with you there, Mike, as well. Yeah, I don't think it would fit in well, but, yeah, anyway. Sorry. But, but it was a, a, yeah, absolutely perfect Christmas Day. We're out at the pub. We're well-fed. And then sit down and watch Doctor Who and... and and, you know, get to watch it in the evening, and, and I think that uh, the fact and the fact that it was a pastiche, we'll say, of the of the Poseidon Adventure, uh, made it even better because that's such a Christmas movie to me. Uh, so it it felt right. Uh, if I if this was the middle of June, I think I I might be less uh, I don't want to say charitable because it sounds like I'm, I'm giving it unfair accolades, but yeah, a lot of fun, um, a pretty thin plot as has been mentioned but a thin plot that I think was spread very evenly. Uh, unlike, say, last year where we had uh, a Christmas special where it's 35 minutes of absolute excellence and then and then it just drops off when the Emperor shows up. Here we had it, I think they kept the pace right through the uh, the main story and then we had our annual little post, uh, post-main plot Christmas moment uh, at the end of the episode. It, it actually felt, it felt shorter than 72 minutes to me. Mm-hmm. And mm. which is which is a good thing in a way. I mean, it felt like a quick, small movie. Unlike the, the last couple of years, the Christmas special has felt like a 45-minute episode that was stretched out to 60 minutes, and they just sort of shoved some extra stuff in there to pad it out. And I, I just didn't get that feeling this year. I felt like it was written for its length, um, exciting, adventurous, fast-paced that uh, that went by quickly. Um, I think what uh, you know, Kylie was great. Uh, what didn't I like? Uh, I guess I guess uh, I, I don't think I really want to watch it again. I think that maybe if I watch it again, uh, I'll, I'll start to notice those little uh, little things that, that people have mentioned uh, as, as bothering them the first time round. Uh, so maybe I'll, I'll leave this one uh, just as Christmas Day. I, I probably wouldn't have made the robot angels so soon after another episode that had angels. Um, mm. And I don't know what, what you make them. Butler, I guess robot butlers has been done so many times, but. Uh, you know, maybe something other than angels uh, might have been more appropriate. Uh, just, uh, you know, again, because we had angels, I don't know how many, like four episodes ago, we had, we had evil angels. It could have been um, um, sailor crew people, you know, like dressed in sailor outfits. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and I think that actually, and maybe that would have been creepier. We're almost expecting them to be so creepy uh, as soon as we see them. One thing I will say I did do this year was I avoided all the press. I didn't watch the trailers, I didn't watch the promos, I didn't read any articles. In fact, the, the only article I did see was the one with the, where they were talking to the, uh, the Titanic survivor, and that spoiled for me that it was in space. And that was a couple days before broadcast. Uh, I'd, I'd made it, not, not, not even knowing until right before broadcast that, that it would be in space. And, and it was really nice to be able to watch Doctor Who with probably the freshest I've watched an episode of Doctor Who since the show came back, the least I knew. Uh, during the season, it's just not possible to avoid all sources of spoilers. Uh, but here, because you lead up, I just stayed away from everything. And I did the same where I tried to, the best of my ability, I tried to you know, steer away from anything that might give away what the story was going to be about. And, um, and in hindsight, I started to think to myself, you know what, maybe I did myself a disservice because maybe if I did see the trailer, Maybe I would have had different expect, you know, just with that. I, I felt disappointed only because I was expecting something different. And if I had a clue more about what it was going to be about, maybe 
that maybe I would have been able to enjoy it better the first time around. I don't know. It's it's you can't really know. Well, you can't damned if you do, damned if you don't. As exactly. far as spoilers go, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. I think uh, when for me I had really I, I wasn't even didn't even have it on my mind. It's almost like I'd forgotten about it. Which I mean, it was tough because a week before the broadcast I was in London, really trying to avoid spoilers, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, but but successfully, and that so that I had I had no uh, no expectations. I was just trying not to even think about it. I wasn't counting down the days, and and, and I'm pleased I did that again. I think I might I think I'd be more more like Lewis in a way, uh, just disappointed a bit. Uh, Overall, I think I'm I'm going to go for the the three and a half though in my my in my rating. I think I think that's it. It felt it felt more special than the previous two Christmas specials. I guess it's sort of saying almost what I said before with the episodes you know, feeling bumped up, but this actually felt like a special. It felt like that a once a time one once one time a year kind of episode. And mm-hmm. I certainly hope we we get another Christmas special next year because it. They talk about it on the confidential. It really has become a tradition that, that people expect, and I think there'll be a lot of disappointment if we don't get a Christmas special next year. Mm-hmm. Well, I I just want to um, I mean I agree with you what you said as far as um, maybe this maybe not working on any day but a Christmas special, and and I can appreciate that. I I think what I meant was uh, when I said what I I would appreciate this maybe in the middle of the season was. Not so much that it would work better in the middle of a series, but it's just that um, my appetite for something new and different would have been quelched already if I had if there was, if there was a uh, doctor if this was if the Doctor Who series began let's just say on Thanksgiving and they still had this on Christmas Day as a Christmas special or you know something to that effect where I would have had something where um, that hunger would have been met for something new and and, and different would have been met where then I could just appreciate this for what it is and, and enjoy it for what it is. I think that's really what I was getting at. Not that, um, I agree that this really worked on Christmas, you know, as a Christmas day special. Yeah, I, I can understand. But, All right. Uh, well, thank yeah. you so much, I Mike. Was, I, um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Same here. All right. Well, Mike, um, there's some static coming in, so I'm going to, um, just, um, mute you out, and then if you need to come back in, just put yourself in the queue, all right? Okay. All right, thanks, Mike. All right, well, um, we're going to go next to um, Emily from Ohio. Hello, Emily. Hello, Humbug. Hi. Hi. Um, uh, you know, I thought it was okay. Um... You know, about Kylie, though, it's, it wasn't the actress that I minded, but it was the uh, character, what was her name, Astrid? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I, I don't know, I kind of agree with you, Lewis. I think there were too many other subplots going on to the point where I just didn't care about her or a lot of the other characters. I mean, I love that old guy who was the earthentologist who was like, I don't know how to explain it, but it was hilarious. And, and you know, for some reason, I just, didn't really like Astrid, um, and I, I kind of went, and I think that a problem I had was I just got finished rewatching series one through three of the new Doctor Who, mm-hmm. so it was kind of like when the officer aims his gun at the commander, it's kind of like that happened on Torchwood, and that happened on uh, even Utopia, and it just seemed like the Ood, the host, it reminded me too much of the Ood, and whenever they said kill, I laughed, but you know what? It was a decent episode. Um, 
I'm really excited for Series 4. Uh, I'm still holding out for Catherine Tate. Come on, please don't fall in love with the Doctor. That's all I want. Um, <laughs> and... Is that why you didn't like Astrid? <laughs> <laughs> well, she didn't even have enough time. I mean, at least Martha. Yeah. It took yes, an it's... episode for her to fall in love. It took Astrid one scene. Huh? Yeah, it's, it was, I find that a bit unbelievable myself, and I think mm -hmm. that was part of yeah. the problem, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And um, about the cyborgs, I thought that was a little like, ooh, that little the little guy who we discovered was a cyborg, and how Astrid's telling him, "You guys have equal rights now." I'm like, where the heck did that come from? And obviously, because you have this scene of exposition. The villain, Max, will also be a cyborg. I thought that was a little bit ridiculous, but it was mm. still fun. I'd give it a three. A three, okay. Yeah, that's fair, I'd say. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much, Emily. Thanks. Yeah, cheers. Mm -hmm. All right, we're going to um, move along to um, Doctor Who 001. Do you see if we can get Dave on board? Is Dave back? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Let's see. I'm going to go to Dave since um, he was in the queue first mm. there. Hello, Dave. Hi, Lewis. Can you hear me this time? Yes, we can hey, hear you. Can hear you. Yeah. Hooray. Hey, Dave. Hi, <laughs> Joe. I've only had to switch, switch computers and. Uh, well, not as bad Stand as Stand on your head and rub your tummy and, and you got it working. Yeah, well, since you're recording and since we're uh, well underway and since you very kindly let me back into the queue, I suppose I ought to get straight in it. And I, I finished watching it. I watched it with my son. He was over for Christmas. And I, I was very angry at the end. And really? I've, yeah, angry. That's the only word I can sum it up. Um, on second, actually, I watched The Confidential, and that sort of mellowed me a little bit. And then I must have taken Lewis's advice, because after watching The Confidential, I decided to re-watch... Uh, the thing again, and I mellowed a little bit. I mean, my first post on the forum was that the first third was good, the second uh, was um, a bit of a mismatch, and the, the last third I hated. I'll go wow. on record saying now it, it wasn't perhaps as bad as that. The first 40 minutes moved along pretty well, and, um, you know, it was part of the course for a Christmas special, and uh, I suppose there's no argument with it. And then to me, Russell T. Davis just stuck his oar in, didn't he? He had to do it. I mean, he's. I mean, I mean. Let's face it. I mean, uh, James. We're. we're I mean, uh, we're listeners from all over the world. But I mean, uh, UK people are pretty good at. Um, you know, you can insult as much as you want, and we take it on the chin, really. I mean, but. Yeah. I mean, he was a bit. I mean, the silliness he had of the Queen at the end in a booming curse. Yeah, that, was, that was a bit daft. But I, um, I thought, I mean, did that, go on. Go on, no, I was going to say, I thought that was just really, I mean, did you find that infuriating, especially from the, the standpoint of the beginning? Did it just seem like that was tying the loose end, or why didn't, why didn't you like that? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not a monarchist in any real sense of the word, but I just think that was really going It was going tacky, wasn't much. it? Yeah, I mean, it was like watching the BFG, if anybody's seen that, the big feminine yeah. giant, Roald Dahl, where he goes to see the Queen. Uh, and that was what, he's robbed from everywhere with this, hasn't he? I mean, uh, Towering Inferno, Poseidon, uh, uh, you know, um, under, beneath the Titanic, or whatever it was. Um, 
and then I didn't, I absolutely did not like um, uh, David Tennant putting his arm, uh, sorry, Doctor, I shouldn't say David Tennant because it was the, the character that did it, putting his arms out and then ascending up uh, through that tube with an angel on either side. I mean, I definitely think, and I hope this is not too contentious, but I think Russell T. Davies thought, how far can I get these fans you know, to take anything, I can bloody write anything on my typewriter and they'll lap it up and think it's brilliant. Well, to me, mm-hmm. you know, he went way, way overboard. I mean, even the deaths of the people, I mean, um, they all fell down on the same shaft. <laughs> and then the, uh, I'm sorry, I'm going to put a bad sour note in here, uh, but I mean, the sonic ju- screwdriver, I counted about eight uses of it from everything from opening champagne bottles to, um, you know, opening seals, to to closing seals. Um, I, I didn't like that. Um, I'm on a rant here, Lewis. you have to stop me in a minute. You were sorry, <laughs> I kept me muted. Um, yeah, uh, I think really I was so angry because the first part of it looked so good. But I've mm-hmm. got a feeling that what Russell T. Davis did, I mean, first of all, I must admit, I, I accepted the, the, you know, the Titanic breaking into the TARDIS at the beginning. It, it, it annoyed a lot of us die-hard fans, I think, because, you know, we think of the, the TARDIS as impregnable. But in the Children in Need special, they explain that away, and so fair dues. But I've got a feeling that Russell T. Davis sat in front of his, I think it must be a typewriter, I can't see it being a computer, and, and he thought, what's the silliest thing that I can get him to swallow? We'll have a Titanic crashing into Buckingham Palace, <laughs> and then he's then he's worked out how to get to that point, and then last well, he's lost his nerves and and pulled I, it up. I must admit that it it does seem like they are going kind of a little bit over the top with the old London landmarks. They seem to try and get them in wherever they can. You know, spaceships smashing into Big Ben, the London Eye. You know, with the uh, nesting conscious under it, um, all all over the place. They seem to want to get in these these big landmarks wherever they can. Thames Barrier last year. I can completely yeah. uh, agree with you that there, that there are elements that were completely tacky. And I thought that you know the Queen running out and saying, "Oh, thank you, Doctor," or whatever it was, was in just, a silly voice. Yes. Well, it was it was daft, but I thought that was just really to get a laugh for the kids, and I can I can forgive him of that, but. Yeah, there were. I must admit, in, in hindsight, there are a few things that were a little bit tacky. But I guess it, it depends. If you're a hardcore fan, I think that you, you can really sort of take offence at it. But if if you're if you're just trying to watch it, you know, because you know we're seeing sort of almost record-breaking um, ratings for, for this one, then you can. If you're just the average viewer who isn't that much of a Doctor Who fan, maybe that's okay, and you can take it, you know, as for what it is, just a bit of fun. But I guess I can, from that perspective, I can appreciate why it kind of uh, annoyed you or made you a little bit angry. That's what annoys me because I've got a feeling now there's 12 million people, and then all the people around the world who think so. It's just camp nonsense, is it? This Doctor Who, it's just uh, you know buffoonery and silly. I mean. I, you know, Especially if when I you know was, how good it can be. Yeah, if I wasn't a real Doctor Who diehard fan and I watched that, there's no way I'd watch any more. I might, I might watch another Christmas special and think of it. I would put it in a whole new category. I mean, I'm a science fiction fan first and a Doctor Who fan second. And, and mm. I realise you've got to have a wider appeal than that. And 
as Ken says, they, they've got to appeal. But to me, they're selling them a different product. They're not selling them the product that I would like to see promoted. Uh, and if that means they only get 8 million viewers, well, I'm sorry, I'd rather have 8 million very satisfied viewers than uh, people who think of it and watch it for curiosity value. But if I could, I'd better pick some good points out. I, I did love, and I left it in that entry, uh, thing at the beginning, uh, the little Bernard Cribbins cameo. Because for those people yeah. who may know, the, the newspaper man, the chap saying why London was deserted, was the actor Bernard Cribbins, who was in uh, one of the Doctor Who films. Uh, you know, yes. his companion. And, uh, was it the 2001... Uh, it, was in one of, yeah. it was in one of the Doctor Who films. And... Um, uh, let's let me pick some good points quickly before I get run off the board. Um, the production values were, were oh god, that's exactly what I said with uh, the uh, Daleks in Manhattan, isn't it? <laughs> when all else fails, pre- uh, you know, praise the production. I think basically it was the uh, my complaint is only with Russell T Davies and his script. And I think if uh, if somebody else had come along and just polished off his sillinesses out of it, it actually could have been. A brilliant, brilliant uh, story, and and that's probably why I'm angry. I could see an excellent episode hiding in there. Um, um, I didn't really like Max, the uh, the chap, but I suppose he was a one-off villain, so you have to take that. Um, I didn't like. I think it was Lewis that said it. I didn't like the Astrid turning into Stardust at the end. Uh, I suppose it was the feel-good factor uh, of the Christmas, but I didn't really like that. Um, Oh god! Uh, and I also, although I like, I quite actually like the uh, the um, the song in it. I did feel as though at times uh, Murray Gold's music was a little bit overpowering, a little bit used. And I also, one at one point, I thought I heard the Hitchhikers theme music interwoven into the uh, the theme of the music. I don't know whether anybody else seemed to pick that out, or whether I just imagined it. I didn't hear it. it, it no right. Well, listen out for that, perhaps, and uh, and uh, correct me in the fourth part, play. What, what portion of the episode? Um. Uh, I honestly, I think it was after the the disaster just started to happen. Uh, but it, I definitely picked those beats up in it. Um. And uh, oh, I'm I'm going to only give it two and a half Tardis drones, although. I suppose I should give it more because it was better than the other two Christmas specials. But I think really it was it was an opportunity lost, which, which was what was upsetting me. And um, and I bet uh, I've got him before Tim Dog this time, haven't I? Because he seems to have similar opinions to himself. He expresses <laughs> it much better than myself. But each time I've followed him, he's, he's, he's usually had um, pretty much the same comments to make as myself. So he's obviously an excellent. Uh, uh, <laughs> He's got uh, good taste. <laughs> yeah, excellent taste. Obviously. He's obviously a good man. Um, I think the other thing, the last thing I'll say is, I think they had to make it um, the spaceship Titanic, not just for the nod, um, you know, to um, uh, Douglas Adams and so on, but basically to get around this upsetting people with it, you know, the Titanic's a mass grave and things like that. So, mm-hmm. all in all, um, I'll probably come around, Lewis. I'll cheer up. And uh, <laughs> I, I, do, I do recommend anybody who hasn't seen The Confidential to watch it because, r- really, when you see the craft and the love that goes into producing it and the sheer 
joy, uh, you know. It mellows just, you once you, yeah, you've... I, I just feel as though the weakest link this time was Russell T. Davis. And uh, oh, one more final thing. I don't want them to do any more Christmas specials. Uh, maybe do a Halloween special or something uh, and get some vampires or one of the old, um, you know, the um, the frightening type of ones that the Seven Dots used to have. Um, but I don't want another Christmas story. I'd rather have two extra episodes i'll lose the dr light episode in the main series mm-hmm. right you can mute me now lewis uh i'm off to sulk <laughs> but thanks dave for your honesty we really do appreciate it and you know it could never be said that no one should be afraid to express their opinions because you know you've made a lot of valid points there and i'm sure there'll be certain people like we'll hear from the tin dog in a minute hopefully and you know they'll echo what you've said so Thanks a lot, mate. Don't be ashamed to uh, to sulk and, uh, you know, say that you didn't like the episode because sadly, sadly it is they can't make episodes that please everybody. Yeah. yeah. Well, Dave, just it's to... good to have you back as well, by the way. Yes. Thanks, mate. Good to be back. Yeah, Dave brought up an interesting uh, point about the having the Queen at the end of the, uh, the story, and I thought yeah. that that was kind of a big letdown because in the previous couple of series we've had this build up of the the earlier queens having a rivalry with the doctor and one would expect that that would probably have been passed down through the years but uh, apparently uh, that's not the case with the current monarch mm-hmm. Good point. Yeah, yeah. you you're referring, of course, to Queen Victoria and, and Queen Elizabeth the First, uh, right? So far, from what we've seen, anyway, on, on the new new series. Um, yes. Yeah, I can see that. Or you know, maybe he got in with her because of the the old unit years or something like that. I, I don't know. Um, it has to be said, but I mean, I can completely empathise with what Dave was saying because in things like this, I mean, obviously it was it was thrown in there to to make the kids laugh and everything, but. That sometimes they do take uh, civil liberties and and do kind of make the queen into a massive caricature and things. And because um, I think that uh, even ITV this year showed the queen, the um, the, the the film that was recently uh, made with um, Helen Mirren and, and everybody. So it, uh, you know, it's it's quite strange that one channel can you know make almost make an embarrassment out of the the royal family, whereas Another will try and really promote it, I guess. So, but I guess the Queen's used to taking such silliness, and I don't know whether she watches Doctor Who. She might be a massive fan herself, and giving them the thumbs up to do it. <laughs> I don't know. Um, just to take some of uh, some of the points that Dave made, um, this is a, a Christmas special. But why? I mean, doesn't mean like next year if we do a Christmas special. It doesn't necessarily have to be a Christmas story. I mean, we could just get yeah, or I mean, a Christmassy. Yeah, it could be just a uh, a, a special episode that's um, lighthearted, family oriented, and presented on Christmas Day on BBC One. You know, transmitted as a Christmas special, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Christmas themed. Um, I mean, for so many years we watched Doctor Who without any Christmas, you know, related stories, and you know, mm. we just have a no, have about a one three of them right along. Yeah. yeah you can have a one-off, and then the other matter. Okay, so this story does have a Christmas theme to it. That is a given. But does it have to be on the same timeline as the other Christmas specials? So, 
um, you know, that whole scene, you know, the whole concept of London being deserted because the past two Christmases all hell broke loose. And um, why not? I mean, the TARDIS travels in time and space. So um, if you're going to have to be stuck on Earth and you're going to have to do a Christmas special, why not make it far in the past or in the future? Or, or I mean, why present day Earth, you know, and just, I know, cost. <laughs> but still, um, if made you know um you had made this um medieval earth or whatever and um it didn't have to be present day earth and they would have no knowledge of the past two holiday um disasters you know but whatever you know <laughs> but would you want russell t davies to write that story though but what's Stephen moffat doing these days <laughs> no, 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 well rumored to be the next executive producer so maybe um you know, Dave will be happier once Steve is, is on board, if, if he does indeed come on board, and um, and uh, write a Christmas special himself. Maybe it'll be something more like Blink or something like that. Who can say? Yeah, I wouldn't, want, I wouldn't want people to think I don't like Russell T. Davis because I think he's written some brilliant uh, human uh, elements to his stories. But he, he just seems to have one or two little uh, axes to grind, and uh, I don't think that's the place for them. So that, that was where I was coming from, I think. Yeah, okay. Well, um, point taken, and um, this, you know, wasn't, you know, <laughs> we're out attacking Russell T. Davies. Is it? Um, we're just talking about this particular story, this episode. All right, well, mm. Dave, thank you so much, and uh, we're going to go to um, Doctor Who 001, who I can't remember his or her name off the top of my head now. Hello there. Welcome to Doctor Who Podcast. Hello there, guys. Welcome back, I should say. Hey. Thank you. And finally good to hear James on one of these, and it's actually nice to join in as well. Yes. Um, I, think most, I think most of my points have actually been stated already. Um, I was actually going to come on and be extremely positive about this, but actually after hearing Dave, um, you have to agree with some points. Uh, it does seem that perhaps I was trying to be, um, you know, what can I put in this that will really, that they, that they will accept, what they'll be willing to accept. Um, it does seem like that at times, we're a bit like that. Um, mm-hmm. I quite enjoyed Kylie Minogue's performance in this. Um, it was sad the character was killed off. I don't necessarily think she was in love with the Doctor as such, but maybe perhaps in love with what he was, the free spirit that he is, that she longed to be. Uh, yeah, the lifestyle, so to Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say it was, it was a, a shame that she, um, the character was killed off. Um, I would like to have seen um, Kylie at some stage. If she still made and after all, they've all done free milk, um, as her, as has kind of one that was killed off. Uh, not suggest that they're forced to do that really, but um, it would be nice to give return at some stage uh, to the program. Um, overall impressions of the episode, I'd say quite good. Um, not one of Russell's best ones, I have to say. Um, mm-hmm. But again, I'm not a huge fan of, of his 
his writing anyway. Um, the best episodes he did were perhaps um, at the end of the series. Uh, it would have been nice if it, if we did have a Christmas special next year, if perhaps somebody else could write it, if Ross was still on board at that time. But maybe have somebody like Steve Moffat or Paul um, mm-hmm. to do, do writing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, that's um, pretty much what I've got to say about that. Um, other than that, I'll say a good care? episode. My TARDIS groans. Um, okay. My TARDIS groans on that will probably be, uh, I would say, three out of five. Always going to be four, but after taking on board other points up, i say Dave brought up some very good points. Um, it would it goes down to a three. Okay, cool. Thanks for your opinion, mate. Always happy to hear it, and uh, thanks for voicing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for having me on again. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. Yeah, Anytime. Some of the audio difficulties we had there. Is, uh, audio was coming in a bit choppy. But, um, <laughs> Ken goes with the theme of today's podcast. All right. Um, ne- uh, last caller is... Um, last but not least is Michael from um, the Tin Dog Podcast. Hey, Michael. Hey, Evening, Tin guys. Dog. Evening. Hello, James. Hello. Howdy. Hello. I haven't actually spoken to James ever, so this is a first for me. Yeah, I've been trying to keep you two separated all this time. <laughs> I won't be on for very long. Basically, can I just say, Dave, ditto. Obviously, I was going to review it for my own show, so I got my little notepad out for during the show, and um, I think all I wrote was uh, funky music, exclamation mark, and underlined it 19 times. I hate that new music, and then it went downhill. Um, I'm so sorry. I was so looking forward to this. And um, thank God my wife had a, a new novel to read at Christmas because although she normally watches the show with me, she wasn't having any of it. She was just sitting there going, God, is it still on? <laughs> so perhaps the uh, movie-length uh, options isn't really a good idea. I mean, it had some lovely things in it. Bits of it were great. Bernard Cribbins, how good was he? It was as if he was in his own show and everybody else mm-hmm. just sort of acting around him. Mm-hmm. But it, it looks like... Um from from the um, from sorry to, to interject there, Tindog, but no, no, it looks like it looks like he's going to be appearing in the next series. By the look of the uh, the preview for series four, I, I mean I may be mistaken, but it, you know he's just on for a quick little bit, a little flash. Um, but I think he might we might be seeing more of him, so he might even be be happier to, to discover that for the future. So I'm sorry to interject. Please go uh, on. No, no, he was in the trailer. Mm. I think it was it's very, very end, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, just briefly. <laughs> I, I found the trailer a bit forgettable. I have to watch it again. Yeah. Yep, I again, I'd like to say ditto. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, there was nothing that grabbed me. Usually these trailers, you know, the, the you know the, the teaser for the next season, there's there's something that grabs you. Oh, wow, did you... And you have to, like, I watch it over and over again. Like, I'll watch it more than the Christmas special. I'll just I, go back and watch the trailer. And this time I, I watch it, I'm like, huh? And was I think of... what's what's missing really is um, the Santarans. That's what I was I was looking for. And you only see what obviously is, is one of the Santarans' eyes at the end. But yeah, I've really, you, you I would have really liked to have seen them in motion or you know something well, like that. Like yeah, we I think there was one well, scene you did with see the, the backs of them. Yeah, they all had the What we really need to see is a lot of probe event action. Yeah. So uh, the Santarans 
well, you know, I'm not exactly looking forward to them coming back anyway. But how many times were they oohed in that trailer? Yep, they yeah, were oohed out. They're back. Yeah, well, that, they weren't that's that also one movies. of the stories that's probably got the most done as far as finished product. So yeah. you have to expect that. Yeah, yeah probably like last year's um, trailer where they didn't actually have any effects ready to put in because I didn't mm. notice any laser blasts or anything like that. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's usually the first few stories that they have in the can that get promoted, and the obviously the stuff that they're still working on doesn't make it to the trailers. You know, you get very little of it, so you know it's hard to judge the series based on that initial trailer. But it's supposed to be about yeah, appetite. Um, I'm not big on Russell's, um, you know, subtext that he's very fond of pushing. But when the cyborg was told, you know, your kind can marry these days, if the world has changed, you're sitting there going. Could you just not push that subtext as much as you're used to doing there, Russell? Because it's become obvious. It's not subtext anymore. Perhaps that's just me. I don't know. And then there was the, I don't know, the cyborg. And then the doctor saying, hello, sailor. Like Dave said, it's just a little bit more camp than even we'd like. Oh, I don't know. I'm just rambling. I didn't enjoy it. And that's about as far as I can go. I'm just looking for reasons not to have enjoyed it. But I think 71 minutes didn't feel great. So, if you had to give it a, a rating, would you would you give it any groans out of uh, of five at all? Any time? Oh, no, I've sat through a lot, but I must admit, um, the thing I enjoyed most um, this Christmas was my box set of the Key to Time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, oh, it's Christmas Day, a box set of Key to Time. Lovely, that will sort me out. And I had to watch it in order to cleanse myself a bit. It just didn't fit. <laughs> My wife did turn to me at one point. She said, when the Queen was had her back to you, she went, wouldn't it be great if, she, if the Queen turned around and it was Russell? Perhaps that's not the way we were going to go. I just don't know. <laughs> and I also thought the, the robots, although they were obviously another the robots of death, um, it just, I don't. I'm sorry. There's, it's just rambling pointlessness. I don't like Kylie. I didn't want her in this. I'm glad she died. I was pleased. I almost <laughs> flinched when I thought they were bringing her back. I was thinking, no, no, no let her die. It's fine. <laughs> so she was your Andrick, basically. <laughs> yes. In fact, more than you can possibly... She, she gives women in boots a bad name. It's not good. I'm just not a big fan. You're almost sitting there quoting French and Saunders going, is she doing the voice? Which voice is she trying for? I don't know. You know, And everyone knows how much I love Doctor Who, but it just wasn't my cup of tea at all. I, I will be grateful when Russell stops doing this job and he moves on to something else. I'd love him to come back and write individual stories because then he can concentrate on it. And he's not, like Ken said, spreading himself too thin. I like it when he concentrates. Without him, the series would not have come back in the shape it was. I am grateful for that. I'd rather he just backseat a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. And I always thought Mark Gatiss would make a great showrunner, but that's just sort of my end of things. Somebody who understands the the campness of the show, but also understands the um, the, the love uh, that we have for it and the respect, and of course the darkness, because I think that's what Doctor Who needs. And I should return to that 70s horror aspect. But mm, back to the Graham Williams type stuff. It would do me fine. I'm not fond of spaceships in space. 
ships in space. I mean, Enlightenment, I had enormous issues with when I was a kid, and I didn't come to love it as much as I do now un until sort of what, the last six, seven years, um, because it's got sailing ships and ships of different periods in space. And although the effects in this were outstanding, I still have issues with doing that. But I don't know. That's just a personal thing. So really, just on the No, no, everything went quiet. I thought I'd, I'd, I was talking to myself, and it was just me and a cat. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say that uh, this this really sort of review is kind of almost echoes the, uh, the 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 episode in itself, in that it started off well, but it's gradually, you know, people have uh, deteriorated in their reviews. We started off with, you know, four out of five. We're, what were we down to now? Naught out of five? Echo the no, no, no. I'm, well. going to stick. I'm going to stick with two and a half. It was a middling. Two and a half. You know, it wasn't awful uh, by yeah. any means of the, the imagination. It just wasn't my favourite. I, yeah. I like somebody said on the boards, I'd much rather watch Time Crash again. <laughs> So overall, an average of about three. I think that's fair. Yeah, which isn't bad, really. Yeah. Anyway, so as long as uh, somebody sits Russell um, down and says, please, don't use that new music, because you can actually sing along with the Wombles. Um, if everyone remembers the 1970s Womble music and the tracks. Now, obviously, the Americans are completely lost to you, and I apologize enormously. But Bernard Cribbins used to uh, do the voice of... Exactly, James. And you can sing that. Remember your womble. It's remember your womble. Remember your womble. Those perfectly with the new, slightly unfunky music. And I think somebody needs to sit him down and say, thanks for trying. No. Just <laughs> You did a lovely job of the new music. Can we just use that? Uh, so, that very much the Simon Cowell there, mate. You should, you should get on to him. I think. Yeah. Um, well, I must admit, I am going to take your advice. I've not watched Confidential yet. Perhaps it will mellow me. I don't know. Yeah, nor have I. I'll look into it, I must have to say, and, and see. Uh, but, you know, I thought that it was, it was a good episode on the whole, but I can agree. There were points that did kind of niggle at me, but maybe I'm, you know, I just kind of brushed it off and said, oh, it's for the kids, it's Christmas. But I guess for the hardcore Doc 2 fans, you know, um, it can, the Chris, well, Generally, I think the Christmas specials always have been a bit of a disappointment for the, the hardcore fans. True. Um, oh, I know, have a quick question. Sure. Um, was there a... Because um, normally there's a BBC um, podcast commentary that you can download. Was there one this year? Because I was unable yes. to find... You can't download it. It's streaming only. Yeah. They explained it in some sort of, I don't know, new rules that the BBC has that they can only do downloads for... Um, for for stuff that's associated with radio programming, not television. So until those rules are changed, it's streaming only. Uh, though there are other ways to get it, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm streaming sure some That just sounds far too complicated. I want to listen to it on my iPod while I'm at Well, work. of course, that would be the logical thing to do, is to listen to it. Yeah, otherwise it's not really a podcast, is it? So. Yeah, if you have to stream it from your computer, plus, you know, people's um, internet connections, you know, depending if they don't have broadband, whatever, the, the stream can go into a buffer and then it gets out of sync with people, you know, with what you're watching. Oh, to mm. Austin Powers, I've got a bit cross-eyed. I don't think I'll bother. It's fine. Perhaps it's so that they can stick them on the DVD at a later point. I just don't know. Anyway, well, the ones on the DVDs are actually different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
I have to go back and listen to all those again now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, thanks for having me, guys. Well, thank you so much, Mark. No Michael. problem. Cheers, mate. All no the best. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I really don't know why they changed the music. I mean, regardless what you feel about the music, if you loved it or hated it or whatever, I just didn't think um, a change was needed at this time. I thought the, the you know, Murray Gold's, you know, music that we've been listening to so far have been, has been standing up on its own, so... Um, mm-hmm. It was necessary. Well, but, I, I mean, I didn't really listen to it too carefully. I thought that it was it was all right, but you know, I was kind of too excited that it Kylie Minogue and Doctor Who and Christmas and everything else. But I, I, James, I think Kylie Minogue really had you over on this one. <laughs> I think mm, she yeah. blinded you to anything else. <laughs> Perhaps, but you know, it's like the the that Dave made in the beginning. You know, I'm like the Doctor. I'm I'm always one for something that's easy on the eye so you know maybe that's what it has blinded me <laughs> all right well we're gonna go to uh ramana too she's been um in the queue on and off throughout the whole episode so hopefully we can get her in then without any audio problems hello ramana too hello can you welcome hear me? to hello. Macha. hi i hope this isn't too bad sound uh, i had a bit of issues with my mic earlier um sounding yeah. good uh that's good. Uh, excuse the tiredness of my voice. It's like six thirty in the morning here. I'm calling from Australia. Hello. Yeah. Hi. That's how dedicated I am. Thank <laughs> you so much. Thanks uh, for coming on. Yes, it's been a bit of a challenge. Um, well, what do I say? Um, I loved it. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. I was looking forward to it so much that I don't know. Watching it, I just kind of felt a bit. Ooh, it's over. Like what now? But um, I did enjoy it. Um, what else to say? I can't think of anything now. Um, I kind of um can understand what everyone's saying about you know the kind of um issues they had with it, and I kind of feel a bit like that myself. But um, it's stuff to do. I love it, and I enjoyed it. What can I say? Um, the flaws didn't didn't eclipse the. Uh the, the important points that you felt for it or the, 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 the positive aspects of it. You just kind of, you, you were kind of in that camp with me where I was just like, oh, it's all yeah. and it's Christmas. It's Christmas and it's, it's the doctor and it's, it's, what can I say? I'm a massive fan of David Tennant, so anything with him in it, I'm pretty much happy. So, <laughs> like me, I was blinded by Kylie, you're blinded by yeah. David Tennant. Yeah. I and- re- no problem there. Yeah. Mm. With, with Kylie, like I really, I'm not really big on Kylie, and but surprisingly, I actually really enjoyed her character, and I was really crushed when she died too. Considering that, and I don't know, just thrilled that the fact that there's an Australian in Doctor Who. Woo! <laughs> Even if it is Kylie, because <laughs> um, I don't think there's ever been any before, as far as I know, except for Tegan and her very bad accent. Yeah. Um, but yes, anyway, that's another story. Um, <laughs> yes. Um, what else can I say? Don't know. But, um, so, how would you rate it? Rate it. Um, I'd say I'd give it four. Easy four. Four? It's not, okay. Yeah. It's not perfect, it's, but it's not horrible. So, I'd say mm-hmm. four. Yes. Alrighty, cool. I think that's it for me. Well, <laughs> thank you, everyone. Before, so before you run off, can I ask you a question? Um, yeah? 
we haven't heard from our uh, Australian correspondents lately. I just wanted to uh, kind of get an update on what Doctor Who's status oh, yes. in um, Australia right now. Is it still on ABC? Um, at the moment, it's pretty much not on ABC anymore. It finished around August last year. Um, at the moment, there's a cable channel in Australia called UKTV, which is showing it at the moment. They've kind of taken a little bit of a hiatus because they're showing Portrait at the moment. But they're bringing it back on um, early January, I think. They kind of left it really badly. They left it in the middle of a... They were showing season two. And they were left it in the middle of the Impossible Planet Satan Pit. Um, um, oh, no. Yeah, so they showed the Impossible Planet and then they left. And it hasn't been back for like a <laughs> month and a bit. So, oh, and then they and showed Portrait in its place. <laughs> Pretty silly, but yeah, that's Australian TV for you. Mm. Um, as far as I know, that's pretty much it in Australia. Okay. Well, can we look so forward much. to having you on board next time, even though yes. it's having, yes. having to get up very early? Yes, it won't be a regular thing. I only did it to, it's a special occasion. It's Yes. So, I'm going back to bed now. <laughs> well, we will be doing um, a, a later sort of uh, show uh, where we record a bit later for our Australian listeners out there because, as Lewis was saying, we haven't really heard from any any of you guys down under for quite some yes. time. So that will be something that will change. And <laughs> yes. trust me, we'll keep you posted. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thanks for being on board. Yes. Bye-bye. All right. All right. Take care. All right, we're going to um, bring Dave back into the discussion as well. Oh, we do have um, one other caller here. It was, um, I didn't realize. Before. Ooh, another one. They keep coming. <laughs> keep on coming. This is a popular um, calling one. Here we go. This is um, Ninjamin6. Ninjamin. <laughs> Duh. Ninjaman. <laughs> Ninjaman6. I'm like Ninjamin. <laughs> Hello there, Yarn Dr. Podshock. Ninja Man. Hello? Hello? Where are you, Mr. Ninja? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, but now yeah, we can hear you. Sorry, I had it on mute. My bad. That's okay. We hear you now. <laughs> I've just drifting away, like I said earlier in the chat room, so I'm kind of like listening. I'm like, being out, in and out. I haven't had lunch. So. so, what do you have to tell us, Ninja Man? <laughs> well, I mean, I agree with a lot of people I'd say. I mean, I enjoyed I actually enjoyed it most. Uh, on the episode, so, but you know, like you guys said, some things are kind of cheesy. You know, probably the most cheesiest part I thought of the whole episode was the whole queen part. I was just like, oh god, <laughs> we have to, you know, do more silliness in the show. But you know, I guess because like everyone said, it's a Christmas episode, so but it's still a pretty good episode nonetheless and good stuff. And um, I, you know, like I said, I don't know too much about Kylie Minogue and popular singer and everything like that. But I guess I don't really listen to her. <laughs> but um, but I mean, as an as an overall episode, I enjoyed it pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like... Ninja Ninja oh, Man, where are you calling from? Alabama. Okay. Yeah, from the south. No, no, I was just uh, the south is Your audio was cutting out a bit, so I was, I was I just was wondering, you know, if you were calling from a great distance or not. Um, yeah, we're getting opinions from all over the world. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, you know that whole CIA. Uh, you guys probably know Wes. Yeah, yeah, Wes is a yeah, good of course. Yeah. 
And, uh, I mean, I have met Wes a few times in person through another friend, so I haven't heard from Wes in a while, but, yeah, he's the one that got me into the podcast stuff, so I just kind of got started and kind of got me sucked into it now nowadays. <laughs> but I think it was, I guess, Dave more now in, in charge of CIA than Wes these days, I guess. I don't know if you about Dave. <laughs> but anyway, like I like I'm curious to see how Catherine Tate's gonna react towards the doctor and stuff. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Ninja Man. Um, give our, if you hear if you do uh, communicate with Wes, give us give him our regards and best wishes. And Indeed. Say hi for us. Oh, I will. I'll try to get in touch with him. And um, he's um, always welcome back here on our show. All right, we all have a happy holidays and happy New Year's. You too, Thank happy you. New Year. All the best for 2008. Mm. All right, so, um, Dave, did you have sure. some some uh, further comments to make? Uh, well, just really about, um, I don't think there's any point, actually, in having a CIA. I mean, uh, goodness knows, uh, you poor lad, you had a lot of problems yourself getting on. And if people have listened to the CIA that I've tried to... Uh, keep uh, afloat the last couple of uh, weeks um, it's very difficult and since we haven't actually got a, a subject and since uh, you know we've had a good uh, although we've only had an hour and a half recording now this show's been underway over two hours I've been here since uh, 10 to 6 UK time um, yeah. I really think that uh, and, and don't forget Wes had intentionally the idea was that uh, CIA would sort of alternate as it were with this so I think uh, I'm pretty much uh, resigned to leaving CIA till next week. And if you're not uh, doing anything uh, with the time, Lewis, to schedule it for the the one o'clock Eastern Standard Time next week, mm-hmm. and perhaps somebody can post on the forums, uh, you know, a suitable idea because uh, we've um, we've sort of followed our noses and um, and sort of uh, done it uh, on the fly quite a few times and uh, we've had uh, some uh, ninja managers been talking uh, emily from hawaii has been a great contributor and diane and i've been trying to get diane to get in this queue now so she can have a little say so if you can just hold uh, the podcast for just one more minute just to see if anybody wants to get get in the queue now that they know that they're there won't be CIA. I have Diane on board, so yeah, because yeah. Uh, I think she's, she's contributed many times before, so she saves please, her, please her fabulousness for the CIA pod shock, you know, the CIA podcast rather, and um, <laughs> and and we're missing her here. Hmm. But by the way, we'll have to. I'll get. I'll have to get on on CIA next time. I know I've been a little bit bad with that. I'm, apologies, but. Uh, it's been a bit hectic here at the moment, as I'm sure you've all been aware. And uh, but I'll try and my best to get on next time. Right, well, of course, um, you've been de- you've been downloading it and listening to it, haven't you? Absolutely. <laughs> so anybody else, quickly, if you want to get in the queue, we'll assume there's no CIA after this. So this is your last chance to for at least this week to to make your thoughts known. In fact, for this year, because uh, yes, we're uh, not far off the end of the year. So I'll we'll bow out with that, guys, and right now, let you wrap you. up. Come on, Diane, get in the queue, girl. And she... Hello there. Hello. Welcome <laughs> back. Yeah. You got your foot in the door. Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah, well, since Dave insisted, and since I went through, my parents are visiting from Michigan, and since I went through all the bother of making them leave today so I could, you know, be a part of the podcast. <laughs> 
podcast too. We're, 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 that's priority, Seth. That's good. Parents are welcome yeah. to join in as well. Yeah. You guys, you got to go. <laughs> Get out, it's Podchuck. <laughs> well, I um, I just want to say I had mixed feelings. I wasn't quite as vehement against it as Dave was, but I didn't love it either. Um, I don't think it's the the best of the three. Uh, there were just some bits that were silly and some that were disappointing. Uh, I was glad that they set the Titanic in space rather than trying to do, you know, the historical ship. Uh, disappointed that it's once again a Christmas-themed story. You, know, you could still have a special at Christmas and not be about Christmas. Or you could have it be about a Christmas but not directly, uh, you know, Western civilization version of Christmas with the Santas and angels and Christmas trees and all that. You could do something that takes the the themes of, you know, uh, brotherhood of man and, and all that and put it on an alien planet. Um, the whole bit was with the queen was utterly ridiculous. And I'm surprised James, the scientist, wasn't a little bit more upset because that was the thing that took me out of it was you can't have something that big going that fast coming in through you know, re-entering the atmosphere and not have some sort of effect on the planet. You know, if, if something that big went flying by that low over Buckingham Palace, it would have leveled it. And that was the thing that, that was the, the big thing that just took me out of it completely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we got snow again. Uh, I, uh, I, didn't, I didn't mind Kylie. I mean, I've never been a fan of her music. And I was surprised to see how pretty she looked in the show against what they compared to her like music videos. She's just, she's just more attractive as a normal person than, than all that, that, that get up really doesn't mm-hmm. all the makeup and the costumes and that she looks older and harder in, in her music videos. On, on, she on stage. Compared yeah. To, uh, yeah. I agree. I, I have to agree. Um, but I said, I, she was okay as a character. She was okay as a one-off character, and I was awfully glad that they killed her off. Because <laughs> <laughs> just just because there wasn't much more you could do with that character, and mm-hmm. to have it open, you know, and the possibility of her being a companion was uh, just, there's just nothing there. there. There's no there's no potential. You know, unlike some other characters they brought in where, you know, and this is for Dave, Sally Sparrow, you could have seen there would, there would have been a lot more potential to bring back that character, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I'm, I'm glad they, they got rid of her because like said, there's just nowhere for her to go. Yeah, this and, character uh, kind of reminds me of Katarina from the first Doctor's era where there really wasn't much that the character could do other than sacrifice herself to allow the doctor to continue on. Yeah, she served, off, she, yeah. she served a purpose for that story. And I'm and I'm kind of I found it intriguing and that they the most despicable character there was one who survived. Mm. Uh, Other so than he, Mr. Copper, of course, though. Yeah, well he was he was good and I'm glad he survived and then you know the the ending was a nice 
nice touch where it's like, you know, here you've got a second chance. You can go ahead and live. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I was just amazed that they let the weasel live. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about the, the, religious, the religious part of it, uh, Diane? Did you feel that was overdone or what the, you know, the ascending doctor and things like that? Yeah, that was, I think you pretty much, uh, I'm not a Christian, but it was way overdone. They could have toned it down a lot. Uh, Mm. It's amazing that uh, the self-professed atheist Russell T. Davies has this penchant for using all this Christian imagery in his scripts. I find that very intriguing. Yeah, and and, well, that's, it's, it's okay to be, how do I say this? I know he's an atheist, but he seems overly concerned with Christian imagery when there's ways to convey spirituality without using all these all the all the, all the Christian imagery. And I would expect more from an atheist to be able to convey those same feelings without using without using those images. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in, in that, I was a little disappointed, and, and I agree. It's it's time for him to go. Uh, it, it says he could he would do better doing one off stories rather than running the whole show, because uh, I think about now it's time to uh, get a new vision in and and to see where else. Because now he's starting to repeat himself, and whenever that happens, it's it's time to go. Mhm. Mhm. I think you're right. <laughs> Seems a bit well, hard because think... he saved Doctor Who for us. So I mean, he always has a very, very important place in Doctor Who. Uh, but I think he just uh, uh, that he, he almost needs somebody to read over his scripts. And obviously, with him being the executive dis- uh, producer, that won't happen. He's he's the final say. He's the final word. But I do feel as though he could have done with having somebody just whisper in his ear. You know, you know, you're going overboard there. Maybe alter this, yeah. But I, I guess that. Um... I think that everybody feels that that way. And also, I guess people are quite um, reluctant, really, to criticize him, many Doctor Who fans, because of what you've said. I mean, he's been a great asset to the show, and he's brought it back, and he's made it into the wonderful show that it is. I mean, it could have been the case that they'd have brought it back, and it would have been a huge flop. It would have been sort of like the the TV movie all over again. Um, So I think people maybe have a... a, um, a huge amount of respect, more so than that's kind of clouds their judgment when it comes to to Russell. Um, and I, I for one, I think that you know it is time for somebody to take over. And I probably think that Russell, you know, himself probably would agree to that because this must be his entire life. It must have been his entire life for the past three years. And I guess after such an amount of time, you would want to pass the the buck on to somebody else and. I'm all for Stephen Moffat or Mark Gatiss, somebody who's been writing for the show before um, and who knows what the show's about and a, a previous fan. Um, that's what's needed to kind of um, stop this, this repetition, I guess, and to, to reinvigorate the scripts and make it more sort of um, creative and, and sort of innovative show, really, because that's what it's lacking at the moment, in, in certain areas anyway because it is sort of rehashing old ideas, I guess. Whereas, you know, Stephen Moffat's stuff 
hasn't been Blink very original and you know the Doctor dances and all that stuff. So. Yeah. Well, that's the one thing that's been constant with the show is change. It's they've been able to change everything, change co-stars, change the main star, change the producers, change the writers, and that's what keeps it fresh. Is because you're constantly bringing in new ideas, and everybody's going to have a different take on it, and mm-hmm. so you have you just get better ideas that way, and and. It's just much fresher that way. Mm. That's what's needed, maybe, is, the, is a little bit of a fresher take on things, perhaps. But, you know, I guess that, that we'll see come Series 4, because after Series 4, there'll be a little bit of a hiatus for a while. For You know, mm-hmm. there'll be a few um, sort of stories like this, I guess, specials throughout 2009, but then that will be it for, for the year. So maybe then another producer will step into to Russell's shoes and, and take on the, the the massive undertaking that is Doctor Who because it it really must be, I mean, a 24-7 job because even when you're not um, overseeing the show and, and, and filming it and everything else, you've always got to be thinking about uh, story arcs and future storylines and, and writing and coordinating everything with everybody. It's not an easy job, and, you know, I guess Russell does take quite a bit of flack for it, but, you know, maybe it is time that somebody stepped into his shoes. Yeah, good yeah. points, good points. I think, uh, but, I mean, I'm sure Lewis, uh, well, Ken definitely would step into his, because uh, Ken has always said, hadn't he, you know, in, in Russell We Trust, and I, I think it's just one or two of us not necessarily losing, but we just feel as though he might need a, a friendly word in the ear, you know, in the shell-like, as it were. Mm, mm, mm. And, you know, again, not to, to say a bad word about the guy because, you know, he's really done a fantastic, terrific job and I'm um, fully there with Ken, you know, in Russell we have trusted and it's not that he's uh, he's done a, a horrible job with the show, he's done an absolutely amazing job with it and it's deserved every award and he's deserved every accolade that, that he's had, but, you know, it's just time for something new, for something different. And, you know, we've, we've had that previously. We've changed the Doctor. We've changed the Companions. But now we're kind of getting to the point where certain elements are being borrowed too often, and it's more of the same, and we need something new. So does anybody else have anything to, to offer to the discussion? Or yeah, I know we... Emily wanted to um, chime oh, in again. Oh, of course. But Sorry, yeah. But, but um, we lost our audio. Our audio's so... gone down. Yeah, so um, I think we're going to um, wrap things up here. And um, Emily, you're welcome to come back next on out, you know, in our next live show. And um, yes, please do. Or in the meantime, you could also send an audio comment. Um, our uh, feedback at email is feedback at podshock.net. Everyone's always welcome to send us feedback, and um, it, you don't have to be on the live show for that. Thank you, Diane, once again. Yeah, cheers, Dan. Some really cool points there. Thank you ever so much for uh, being so dedicated. We've seen this from a lot of our listeners and kicking out parents and waking up damn early to get up and come on the show and Dave switching different to different computers just to get on and all sorts. So cheers, guys. You really make the show what it is and we really do appreciate it. Thanks to everybody who's appeared and everybody who's listened to the live show and uh, I guess... We'll just have to look forward to next time. But Diane, you also do an excellent job with Dave and, and obviously with West on the um, 
on the CIA, of course, CIA yeah. podcast. But no, no CIA today after this. I mean, it's now twenty past eight here in the UK. We normally would have started. This has been a marathon live show, so yeah. <laughs> so uh, hopefully, the CIA will be in the one o'clock slot next Sunday, if that's mm-hmm. okay with you, Lewis. So first Sunday of the new year. All right, I think that's going to bring the show to an end. Thanks everyone for being part of it, as James said, and. Um, this- Thank you, everyone, for being part of the show this year, 2007. It's been a very, um, well, it's been a, a very um, turbulent year for myself personally. Yes, and, um, I'm eventful, yeah. For a better 2008, and I wish that uh, to everyone listening, um, both here and in the future. So, um, thank you all. Happy holidays, you, everybody. All. Yes, see you next time. Happy you shouldn't be here, what's your tale? I ought to throw you to the whale He just smiled and said, come here, let's dance He said, far I will steal, I'll find a way To be with my lover upon Christmas Day And I'll run and I'll roam, I'll cover the ground This Christmas I'll see you, I'll be around You've been listening to Doctor Who Podshock by the fan-run Gallifreyan Embassy.org and presented by Outpost Gallifrey. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Come back next week for another exciting and informative episode of Doctor Who Podshock. You can email us at feedback at podshock.net Don't forget to breathe, Lewis. (laughs) On Christmas Day And I'll run and I'll roam I'll cover the ground This Christmas I'll see you I'll be around I think of him now and again I wonder how his journey ends As I sail by on my lonesome sea That stranger with a haunting face He'll then go Now, human beings worship the great god Santa, a creature with fearsome claws. Like a letter.